Hey, this is Latif Mikado, and you're listening to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast, where I take some time each night to try and reflect on the freestyle scene, where it is, where it's going, and try to figure out how to sustain it, not just for future generations to enjoy, but also to benefit. So sit back, relax, and let's talk some freestyle. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Latif, and welcome to the Good Night Freestyle Podcast. And this is episode 187. Hoping you guys are doing well. Um, it's a Sunday night. Uh, pretty comfortable. I'm outside, of course. Um, I guess this became a regular. I wonder how, how I'm going to do when it starts getting cold. Will I still come out here? Probably. I kind of I kinda, I kinda like it. I, it's like this... This area of my house outside turned into like my podcast studio, for this podcast at least. Um, other than that, everything else is good. Hope, hope, hopefully you guys are doing well. Um, today, uh, writing, quite a bit of writing this morning. Um, just trying to track through this. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. I don't think I'll ever... Uh, I don't think I'll ever write like this again. I'm talking about, you know, where I'm doing three books at one shot. Now, books were basically finished. I decided to jump in and touch it up. This is for my novels, Yes, Yes, Y'all. And just as a recap for those just tuning in, because I'm noticing a handful of people just tuning in for the first time. But um, <clears throat> I've written uh, a few novels, a couple novels, actually. Freestyle for Life and another book called Freestyle, as well as uh, a how-to book that's called uh, um, Freestyle Promotion promotions and the seven simple steps to get started uh, i have another novel called yes yes y'all um cool story about a puerto rican rapper trying to get a, a rap deal in the 80s but um there were restrictions and uh i don't want to spoil it so i'll leave it at that uh anyway i got so into that book i thought it was such a great story that i couldn't stop writing my books are normally anywhere from 80 to 100 thousand words Books are measured by words, not pages. Um, uh, so my books are usually, I try to do as close to 100,000 words as possible. Um, this book, as I continue writing, ended up at 300,000 words. 300,000 words. So I didn't know what to do at this point. Like I was going to go in there and just start cutting stuff out, just kind of really bring it down, just keep all the all the meat and um Angel had read it. I broke it in. Uh, she told me to break it into three, three uh, stories, which I was able to do because it's actually three actual acts. There's the beginning, the middle, and the end of the entire uh, story. So uh, I printed it out like that, and she took it with her. I forgot where we were. I think we were in, I don't know if we were in New York or whatever, but or in Texas. I forgot. But anyway, she ended up reading them, and... She loved them, and she said, uh, you know what, let's keep, keep them keep them like this, keep them three separate books, and I thought it was a great idea. First, it was going to become like the war and peace of freestyle, and just like be a 700-page book, uh, but um, I want people to be able to carry it around, and if I ever did a book like that, I don't think that's the one. <laughs> I don't think people want to read anything like that. I don't think that's the one for that. Uh, so I'm breaking it into three books, books one, book two, and book three. Um, and right now I'm at the tail end of book two on re-edits. Uh, when the corona hit, I was ready to pr uh, press. We were supposed to press uh, March 27th. That didn't happen. Uh, 
Uh, the princes uh, basically let everybody go. Everybody was working from home, but they couldn't do any orders. So I pulled my order for now. I asked them if I pull it. I told them don't print it. What I sent you, don't print that. Uh, I'll send you updates since I have all this time. Let me go in and just touch it up because I'm always going to find mistakes on my book. So I'm going to see things that I should have rewrote a certain way. And of course, uh, that ends up going into basically rewriting a lot, <laughs> you know. So, but it's cool. At least I know it's a, it's a good book. Um, but anyway, so that's where I'm at right now. So um, I'm, uh, I'm at the final stage of book two. Uh, now I'm going to dive into book three. Um, I'm hoping by tomorrow. Worst case, uh, Tuesday, because tomorrow I might have to just do the final chapter on this. I'm not going to go into two chapters tomorrow because I got other things to do. So, but anyway, but uh, yeah, so that's it. So that's what we have. That's just an update on where we're at with that. Um, other than that, came in. I didn't want to do any work as far as, you know, uh, getting rid of stuff that's in the garage. And we're going to work on that tomorrow and then try to finish everything this week. So, that's the goal for that. So we should be able to get that done. I definitely, Angel sees it too. She's like, you need this place cleared out. And I told her, I said, yeah, I really do. I said, I got too much to do. And it's just, it's, this stuff is like on my shoulder. So um, it's not, a, it's really not working for me. <laughs> but uh, um, crazy today, uh, though, I was checking out my TikToks while I was on my page. Actually, no, no, I wasn't on my TikTok page. All right. I was scrolling the feed of TikTok. And I'm starting to see a lot of freestyle stuff on there. So I'm seeing a lot of videos. And I saw one of Angel's videos, uh, the inside-outside video. Okay, and what they do is they put a little piece. And people put those videos on the TikToks. And I always like to go in and see what people are saying. And in there, there's this girl that says, my ex-boyfriend married, married her. Now, Angel's in the front. She's the lead. So I'm going to assume right away that she's talking about her. So I'm like, okay, uh, all right. I don't, I don't. I went. I, I looked at the girl. I didn't recognize her. <laughs> I looked at her name. Never dated anybody with that name. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the name. <laughs> uh, um, I showed it to Angel. She didn't know anybody. You know. Uh, it's just it was crazy, and uh, we couldn't figure it out. So finally, I went back in. And I said. Who was your ex-boyfriend? <laughs> and it uh, took a couple hours. Finally, I checked back. And uh, she totally deleted her comment. So I was like, all right. I knew I wasn't lying. I knew I wasn't. Uh, it was, I, I had nothing to, nothing to hide. I just I was really curious, you know. So, But uh, anyway, so funny uh, that that goes down like that. But um, another thing, I'm watching a documentary. I'm actually going to finish it tonight. Um, it's the story of Marsha P. Johnson. If you guys have not seen this, this documentary, um, if you're from New York, it might be interesting, uh, especially if you was in New York from anywhere from the, you know, the 70s into the 90s, might want to check this documentary out. Um, I'm into New York City culture. I grew up, so a lot of stuff, um, I can relate because I remember it. I was around it. And this is about, uh, Marsha P. Johnson. Marsha P. Johnson was, uh... She was the drag queen in the village. And she stood up a lot for, you know, gay rights and during that whole time from the 70s into the 80s. And uh, she was a big, big public public figure. And then she was uh, she was murdered and then found over there in the river. What's that? The, the Hudson River. Um, and um, <clears throat> so we're watching that and it's just showing a lot of clips of 
the village back in those days and the piers where I used to hang out a lot. And, and so funny because, you know, the, the village area of New York City is very heavily populated. Uh, gay and lesbian. That's where you can see your, your, your drag queens. And us growing up, um, that was just really the cool place to, to hang out. Uh, a lot of the clubs were there. We used to go hang out in Washington Square Park. You could get high in there. Really, nobody's messing with you. It was a pretty free-spirited um, area back in those days, you know. So we used to enjoy it. And we used to go over by the piers. And the piers, you know, where you had a lot of the gay couples. That's where they used to be making now and doing all kinds of craziness. Because everybody was young and freaky. And that's around the time that the whole AIDS epidemic kicked in. So it got bad later on. You know, we didn't acknowledge all that stuff right away. But, you know, later on when the AIDS epidemic kicked kicked in uh it got, it got really messy it was it was a bad scene but we used to love hanging out over there because we used to be able to get high without anyone messing with, messing with us at all um and we were able to get into clubs and and we were young we were underage but that was the place that uh you kind of felt a little more free and you felt a little more grown up and it was really a cool place to be um the way the streets were the small streets christopher street uh, they have a street called Gay Street, um, all that West Forth, and uh, and then also you go down there like the Halloween parade. If you went down there for like Gay Pride, it was crazy. But if you went for Halloween, iconic. Like they, I don't think it, they, I think the only place that might be able to get close to the village would be Louisiana uh, when it comes to um, Halloween parades. And I mean, I'm talking about. Um, the gay community really, really goes all out and they're going to put on a hell of a performance and just a hell of a parade. So if you ever really want to see a really, really good parade, go there. Me and Angel went a few times. We used to bring Erica when she was little. And it was kind of cool because you walk around the stores, stores, the streets, and you let your kids go into the stores and they get the trick-or-treats in the stores and they come out. So it was a really cool experience. It was... Uh, you know, some of the, the stuff that I miss of, of New York. I mean, I love New York. I will always love New York. It just got to a point where that's not the place to raise my kids. Um, it just wasn't. You got to realize, you know, when you're, you're dealing with a lower to middle income situation, um, it's going to be hard to really protect your kids. It's going to be hard. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna go head to head with a lot of shit. You know what I mean? And... Um, a lot of us had no choice. We had to deal with it because our parents couldn't get us out of those areas, you know. But, you know, when you're a little more upper class, you can uh, move your kids to the suburbs to, you know, whether it was Staten Island or Long Island or certain areas of Queens. And um, but uh, but if you moved into the five boroughs, you know, uh, the train and buses, lots of access. So that, that means people are able to, to move around a lot easier. Uh, so you start getting a lot of outsiders that, that show up. And sometimes the outsiders come with bad intentions. And sometimes you're an outsider. You go into another area with uh, bad intentions. So, you know, and that's just growing up as a kid. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so if you don't have, and then if you don't have the money really to send your kids to like a private school. I mean, they're going to be subjected to a lot of stuff. And a lot of kids make it through without, without you know, like most kids, you know, that are probably listening to this or saying that grew up around that time probably said, I made it through. I never even got in trouble. I didn't do drugs. I didn't get high. I didn't, uh, I never got arrested. And, and yeah, bravo, you know. But then there's a lot of us that did. 
It's a lot of us that, you know, we couldn't handle that stuff, you know, especially, you know, like me, you know, I was raised by a single mother. There was no fathers, no men in my life. There was nobody strong enough to raise a boy, you know, and, um, you know, so, and I was slick, so I knew how to, yeah, I'll be right back, you know, or oh, let me go out somewhere and talk to somebody, or, you know, Ma, give me 20 bucks, I'm going to go here, you know what I mean? And, uh, <coughs> you really didn't have a, you didn't have a double parent to, um, kind of inspect what you're doing. You know, a lot of times you have, a, you know, both parents around, and the mom is cool with it, but the father wants to meet the person, you know, or vice versa, you know? Um... So you really, as a kid, if you have both your parents around, you basically have two hurdles, two obstacles you got to get through to, to kind of screw up. Hold on one second, guys. Ah, yeah. I'm not going to even tell you what I'm drinking. You should already know. Anyway, um... But when you have um, only one parent, you don't have two people scrutinizing your every move, you know? And my mom worked, she came from work, she was tired, man. Last thing she wanted to do was chase me around. She didn't want to do that. So all she could do is, is warn me, tell me, don't get into this, be careful, and then pray, you know? Uh, so, you know, so you know, so you end up uh, subjected to, uh, to those circumstances. I. I'm very proud of being in New York, man. I'm so, so glad that I grew up uh, during those times because I saw a lot of transitions. I saw that transition. I told you guys when I was watching that that TV show, The Deuce. If you haven't seen it, you might want to check that out. About 42nd Street in the 70s, in the late 70s, I think early 80s. And, uh, and that's what that's the way it was. I mean, they portrayed that to a T, you know. But this one anyway, the, the Marshall P. Johnson was a transvestite. Back in those days, um, the transvestites, um, the drag queens, um, I don't think they were transgender. I get confused. So if I'm wrong, excuse me how I, but I believe it's transvestite. But anyway, um, and these are, I believe the transvestites are just uh, men who like to dress as, up as women. I don't know if they necessarily have to be gay or not. I maybe, you know. Uh, but anyway, that's a whole other topic, and I'm not a pro in that area. So, in mad respect to uh, to my friends who are uh, who are gay and, and lesbian and transvestite, because I have several, <laughs> many, <laughs> and uh, and I love them. They're, they're good people. But anyway, but the history of this thing is incredible because. What was happening is there was a lot of fight for gay rights, uh, but the transvestites were not getting that kind of, they were not getting that kind of love. You know, they were, they were kind of, it was like they were being um, segregated among themselves. You know what I mean? So, you know, whereas they fit under this big umbrella as being gay, the fact that they were transvestites um, or, 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 or drag queens, like they, that wasn't their community. They weren't part of that community. So they were kind of, they were kind of chastised for that, and it was it was crazy. And you know, unless you study and you realize it, you know, you don't realize the impact that had. And um, and but if you ever have a chance, take a look at that. But yeah, they used to have to kind of set up their own uh, uh, rallies and their own protests, and they used to try to get the gay community to stand up for them, uh, because if anybody was getting killed, a lot of times it was, it was the it was the transvestites and the drag queens that were getting uh, they were the ones being murdered uh, out in the open because uh, um. They just were not, you know, they, they were dressed like women. And, you know, and it was just a bad, bad scene. And 
Uh, thank God, hey man, I'm praying. I'm not part of the community, so I'm so I, I don't know to what point, to what extent it's that that's been resolved. I hope, I hope it's totally resolved. From what I see now, if I see from where I see, it looks like it is. I think it's a, a lot more accepted. Um, but I, I'm not part of the community, so I could be missing out on a point or two. But um, if not, man, I, I kind of hope it is. And if it is, I'm I'm really glad it is. You know. This is our culture, man. This is, you know, you know, these people get into all these, uh, these prejudices of, you know, uh, you know, and and it comes, it comes from the parents. It really does. You know, I, I teach my children. Um, there's no racial barriers or gender barriers in my world or the ki- or the world of my kids. I uh, I keep them very open to that. Um, they're friends and uh, are always welcome into our home, and they've slept over and and um, we've we've been a part of their lives. And and if ever we always said if our kids ever decide that you know they want to be they want to come out if that was their thing and they wanted to come out hey we roll out the red carpet for them because um that's important that's important i i stress that i stress that now to my kids for the grandkids i'm like you know you never know so you know you always want to be you want to be open and you want to you you need to you need to really understand what's going on you know um all those um all those ideas that people had back in the days. Well, they need to go. They used to have a thing called straight camp. I think they still do it. I believe it's run by like Christian organizations where they you send your kid there if they're gay, so they can get they pray over them and they try to they try to you know try to straighten them out. Try to you know turn. And I'm like, yo, are you kidding me? Like, I would never do that to my kids. I would never give, do that to my kids. I would I would embrace them either way. I would walk the parades with them. I would wear the flags with them. That's what I would do. You know, <clears throat> anybody who's going through that now, if you have kids or grandchildren, you know, be open, man. Be open. Never let that be the thing. You know, it's too much, too many suicides. Um, I know my daughter Erica has experienced a couple of friends that ended up uh, committing suicide um, because of. Uh, just not being understood and feeling alone and not knowing how to face this and you know and then i'm down here with down south now down south is funny um now it's a little more open but i could see how a lot of people were hiding it down here like it's it's crazy like you know people you know are disgraced because of it down here you know and i've seen it i've heard people talk and it's like it's horrible it's horrible but uh if you ever get a chance man go check it out it's marsha p johnson just kind of i always think it's good to understand uh there's another movie called milk if you guys ever get a chance check that out it's just very important man you know right now we're going through the black lives matter situation that's another serious serious situation and i'm all for the protests man i'm all for the protests and what, what what happens happens, you know. People say, "Oh yeah," but they're, they're blowing things up. And well, what happens happens. You're like, "What do we do?" You know, these are some serious. You know, come on, man. 2020. You know, I, I thought by the year 2000 this would be be over with. You know, it's 2020, man. It's still going. There comes a time where that's it. I don't want my children and my grandchildren to be a part of and to experience this nonsense you know you know now they're going around and knocking down these 
statues, and now they're looking at the monuments over there in, uh, what was it? Stony, was it Stony Wall? Stonewall? Stonewall National Park? I think that's Virginia. Is it Virginia or Georgia? I think it's Virginia. Uh, you had a whole, um, um, there was a black protest that supposedly the Klan Valley rally supposed to go on and then the black militia came out and uh, it's crazy but necessary it's necessary um, they're talking about now they have that carving on the side of the mountain and uh, you know listen that whole Mount Rushmore listen it's part of our, our lives that we've seen our whole lives but you know what that shit might end up coming down it might come down and you know what if this is the new world that my children grandchildren great great grandchildren have to live in then so be it anyone who was a part of of those horrible horrible times i don't care if it was the president of the united states um then they need to be dishonored um they don't serve us a purpose anymore you know what this is the new america this is this is what we need to be proud of. We need to be proud of this kind of change, making these kind of changes. Um, any of those statues, if the Statue of Liberty stood for anything more than she stands for now, or you know, anything less as far as, you know, discrimination or racism or any of that stuff or any kind of genocide whatsoever, then take her ass down too, you know? Um, and, you know, I'm from New York. Statue of Liberty has been ingrained in my in my brain <laughs> you know so uh i'm all for it i'm all for it mount rushmore if people if, if i've never studied the history so i'm always going by speculation but if all the all the scholars that are seen and they're agreeing and they're saying and they they say should we take this down i will vote yes yes those are not the people that need to be honored their legacies should be no more and let's put up some new people. Let's put up, let's have some new heroes that, some real heroes. I'm all for that. But anyway, hi right, guys. Um, I just wanted to talk to you about that. Um, only because yeah, it was on my mind, as you can tell. So uh, the world is making a huge change. Be a part of the change. Don't be a part of, of keeping it where it was. Don't, don't take offense. Don't take offense to the point where you know, well, this is our history. Yeah, man. That, you know, I understand. But we have to change that. In order for us to move forward and for this world to be a better place to live, we need to move forward. And those things have to be, uh, they have to be done away with. And you know what? That becomes the new history. So the history isn't, it wouldn't be Mount Rushmore. The history now would be the time that they took down Mount Rushmore. You understand what I'm saying? So that would become the new history and something new to be proud of. Just think about how proud that would be, you know? So, but anyway, all right, guys, uh, let me go. I, uh, I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, hey, thanks for tuning in yesterday doing our 4th of July Spectacular. Um, I hope you guys had a good time. We did, and uh, until tomorrow. Good night, Freestyle. Before I lay me down to sleep, I pray to hear a freestyle beat. For if I die before I wake, I hope to make it to the break.